Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Good everybody. You're now live on the Middleman Talk Show on the Middleman Radio, and I'm Al. This is Kevin. And this, this is Ian. Back together again. Yeah. That, that just sounded so wrong. <laughs> yeah, so y'all are a little out of sync, but uh, we're now back live on the Middleman Talk Show. Today is February 12, 2012. Um, cold day. Another grieving day for, you know, the fans of uh, the R&B world. Um, I'm going to give a shout-out to um, Whitney Houston and her family. We'll send all our condolences out to her family and friends and everyone who's known Whitney throughout her years. And um, even before, we as a people knew who Whitney Houston was. I mean, I think she was a great person. Um, you know, everybody has their lots of bruises in, in the road, but overall... She was a great person. I think um, Andy already mentioned that when she won um, all those Grammys back in 2002, um, she was just talking about how great of a person Whitney Houston was, and she said that she didn't even know Whitney Houston personally. She was just saying that Whitney Houston sent her some roses and, you know, congratulated her on getting all those Grammys. And, you know, she said she never met Whitney Houston or never spoken to her, and she was just, you know... That that touched me, you know what I'm saying, for, you know, someone that don't even know you to even just reach out to you like that. Yeah, I, I got to agree with you, man. I'm a person, though, I got to say, you know, Whitney was one of the best pure voices, not just in R&B, but just in music, period, man. And, and, and this is, it's a tough time right now for her family. Um, I know earlier they reported that her daughter, Bobby Christina, was rushed off to the hospital. Uh, so we just, yeah. we, you know, we're all praying for her right now. We're praying for them. Bobby Brown, he, you know, they've been divorced for about four years now. But, you know, even he broke down on stage last night. He, yeah. he and the audition were performing in Mississippi. And, you know, she she touched a lot of lives, man. Any singer that's come out in the last 30 years has been influenced by Whitney. She was the type of, of artist that influenced people after her and before her, you know. So yeah. it's a tragic loss, not just to the music business, but to the world, because, you know, she does, 
she did show that you know you can you can come back you can you know you can you can be great again and, and we're just gonna yeah. honor her memory and uh, we're just gonna keep you know continuing to 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 honor the legacy that she left you know take oh, all the personal stuff out of it she left a great legacy of music man and, and that, yeah that's, that's what's the most important thing to me and she she really set the standard of being a peer on the thinker you know. Um, just having that voice that she had coming out of that frame of body that she had, she really set the tone for that. Um, you know, a lot of record executives, when they were first listening to it, well, I heard about this young girl, they didn't believe that that type of voice was coming out of her body. And once they actually saw who she was and how she looked, it was just, you know, it amazed them. You know, but mm-hmm. you can't deny talent when you, you know, when you see it or when you hear it. Uh, I, I do have to say this one thing. I don't want to hop on this too long, but I, I do have to say this one thing. Um, I understand that, you know, times like these, in certain situations that the show must go on, but um, right. I, I have a serious issue with uh, the members of Clyde Davis's pre uh, Grammy party. You know, this party, I understand, like I said, I understand the whole concept that the show must go on, but. Um, was sitting up here having a party and her body is still upstairs. That's that's a little crazy to me. That's just a little crazy to me. I, and I think that, um, I think people, man, people just gotta prioritize stuff, man. Like, certain things that you just, just certain things you just don't do. And that's right. one of them. Right. You know, you say you honor her memory, but y'all having a party and she's upstairs dead on the floor of the hotel room. That's crazy to me. Okay. Like I said, I don't want to stay on it too long, but, but I just I think that they need to reevaluate how important some so they say someone is to them. So that's you know that's it. I don't really want to get too much. Yeah. Into it. Yeah. Well, we're excited to have everybody back on the show today. You know, we have our lovely co-host Jennifer back in the building. How you doing, Jen? I am doing quite well. I'm glad to be back. I miss everybody. Yeah, I think everybody missed you too. I had some people asking about you. You know, have I heard from you in a while? And I know. I'm still got my spirit and still got lots of opinions, much more to share. And um, I'm excited about getting back into action today. Well, I'm mad at you. I'm going to do it. (laughs) I'm mad at you, Jenna. I'm telling you right now. Why? Because of you, I went down to the unemployment office. So that I could get unemployment, and they said you work for the mailman. Jen has taken <laughs> all of the unemployment that the mailman has to offer, so you cannot get unemployment now. So because of you, I had to start work at McDonald's because I couldn't get any more unemployment because you're taking all the middleman's unemployment benefits. Oh wow! Oh wow! I'm, I'm really craving a smoothie right now. So like, can you hook me up since you work at McDonald's? And you know, wild berry is my favorite. Hell no, wow. they took all of my employee privileges away, too. <laughs> <So far. laughs> wow. <laughs> Just saying. Hey, something else y'all forgot, man. What's we are going, thing? it's another anniversary. Oh, oh yeah. Three, I mean, was it three years? Three huh? years, man. Huh? Three, three years. years. Wow. Another anniversary. I am happy. Oh, that really slipped my mind. Yeah, 
another day, man, another anniversary, man. I just want to wow. say this, man. I really want to thank y'all, Kat. A lot of people who started listening to us because the middlemen a little later, y'all might not know, you know, and this is Nick speaking, I actually started off as just a regular caller. And the guys, they kind of, they kind of took to me, you know, me and Jim, we argued a lot, and people responded to it, and they and they kind of brought me in. So, you know, big shout out to y'all, man. This is it's crazy. It's three years. Three years going strong. Yeah. Oh yeah. It has. A lot of the blog oh, wow. talk shows that ain't around no more. I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> that is true. That is true. That is true. true. Hey. That is true. That is true. I'm happy to be well, here, man. Happy to be here. Hey, thanks to everybody that's tuning in over on the web chat. You know, we got some people jumping in, jumping out. Black Awareness, hey, we appreciate you. Yes. They want to know what cowards in what. Keep listening. You will find out. Oh, yeah. Cowards. Most definitely. So we got a great show. We got a great show planned for everybody out there listening today. We, um, you know, had this discussion previous time about this particular show, so we decided to go ahead and throw it out there today. And not because it's Black History Month. This is just a show that we just like we just had to go ahead on and do uh, due to some of the situations that have been going on in the news and also um, in the surrounding areas and in, um, in which we live at. And uh, we're going to touch on some of those things today. But of course, as you all see, the title of today's show are Black People Cowards, and we're looking at it as you know a whole as far as. From our predecessors up to now, you know, there has been a dramatic change in how we are as a people. Now, back over the past century and a half, we can see that, you know, our predecessors have been fighting for our rights and for standing up for all mankind through those trying years. You know, we have learned in history that many of our dear black leaders who have came in the forefront um, spoke out against uh, what, what spoke out for the black race. Um, by being, you know, considered not not equal to the majority. And uh, with that being said, and we forgot about what our forefathers fought for during those years. You know, the Civil Rights Movement, you know, the Black uh, Black Panther Movement, um, the movement back, you know, in the 1800s, you know, with the, you know, the abolition of slavery, you know, with Frederick Douglass and Matt Turner and all those people. Uh, are we as people conditioned to bow down and not speak out for what is right? Um, we have seen in multiple news conferences or in situations to where, like, in many, plenty of basketball games where a player may say something or maybe a, a, a news anchor or somebody in the public says something that another race will take out of context and we are back into a corner to where we have to feel like we have to apologize for speaking our opinion. And then also we, we also we want to look at the type of structure in which we live in now, as far as our predecessors fought for us to go to school, fought for us the right to vote. Now we have a lot of our people in our community that are not going to school, they're not going to college, they're not voting, you know, they don't want to work, you know, they just, you know, they're not taking on those things in which our grandparents and great-grandparents fought for us for. That's what we're talking about today. Um, also, we want to, you know, talk about are we scared to take back our communities? And our place of businesses. You know, we had plenty of black-owned businesses that were thriving back in the, the 80s and 90s. And all of a sudden, you know, there's only maybe 
you know, less than 10 major black companies out there that we can maybe, maybe name. I don't even know if we can name 10. You know, maybe a lot more. Yeah. Um, I can name them that just don't sell the black people anymore. Exactly. Also, we also want to talk about, you know, why do some of our black organizations appear to have less of a voice when it comes to the black community? We have a lot of black organizations that are out there. A lot of us do not know of them, you know. Why do we feel like they, you know, you know, we don't see them as much when something happens? You know, should they speak out more? Should we speak out more? Should we talk to them to help us speak out more? Uh, we will also discuss, you know, the situation with Roland Martin um, and also his suspension from CNN, and also this young man named Cody Smith, who is a senior at Gainesville High School, um, who will be the first black valedictorian at his high school in the school history. However. The high school is attempting to have this young man share his accomplishment with one of his white classmates due to the school not wanting to have a black valedictorian. So we're going to get into all of that. Um, there are some other things which we'll point out today in this, in this show. If you have any comments that you want to say on the uh, on the day, so if you're on the chat board, place your comments there. Um, if you're on the line, make sure you press the number one. The number to dial is 718-508-9972. We'll definitely get to you within a timely manner. Um, anybody have anything else to add to that? Yeah, man. Um, you know, this is Black History Month, and um, this show right here. I know a lot of people are like, man, what do you, what are you guys meaning um, about like how, why um, black people are cowards? You know, if you listen to this show a little bit longer, you'll see exactly what do we mean. Coward, calling someone a coward is a strong word. That is a, a, a an exciting word as far as. It would incite somebody possibly to fight. You call him a coward. So right. we want to get into this conversation, and we want you guys to have an open mind, um, have a lot of opinions. If you have your opinions out there, please make sure you dial that number that we just gave out. It's also on the web chat. Uh, let us know how you feel about what we're talking about. This is a two-way conversation where we want to hear from you guys tonight. And also, in re- you know, just in respect to this being Black History Month, I want to start this song off. Right here, we're gonna take a little break. Right, here. I want to start off with this right here, y'all. This is my man, James Brown. Y'all keep listening. After this right here, we're gonna go directly into the conversation. Yeah, if you don't know this song right here, you might not be this, but I know I am. Black and proud. You listen to the middleman. Middleman radio.
And we are now back live on the Middleman Talk Show. That was, of course, James Brown. I'm black and I'm proud. Those two uh, things used to mean the same thing back in the day, being black and being proud to be black. Those things used to, it used to mean the same thing. Like, everybody, you know, was just really behind that back mm-hmm. in the day. Now it seems like, I don't know. <laughs> they don't see that anymore. They don't. All right. But, I think what the problem is, man, the problem is, is we did a show about the new Negro a while ago, and the problem is the new Negro. The problem is everybody's so busy concerned about me, 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 my, my, my. I got mine. You better get yours. There's no pride in us as a culture anymore. You know, back in the day, you used to watch the music videos, and you see, you wouldn't see them trying to dress up in whatever the latest fashion was. They they have a Howard University Twitter on or a Morehouse shirt. Right. A Clark shirt. You know what I'm saying? There was some fire, a Tuskegee shirt. You know what I'm saying? And I'm proud of like We would have black attorneys in those videos. There would be a display of pride. You would be proud right. to have somebody like Jesse Jackson in your video. Nowadays, it, whoever is the hottest, you know, it's just, I don't know, man. It's just, we cause we ain't got no more pride in ourselves. Right. Now, now, now from a historical standpoint, um, like like he was just saying, you know, we you know we were proud to be black. You know, our forefathers and, and, and those who fought for us on, you know, the civil rights, you know, trying to obtain those rights that we needed as a people to be equal. Um, it seems like now we're not like we're just taking. I mean, it it doesn't have no meaning to the generation to me and my kids because, um, like I said, the. Um, you have some of those that are not going to school, they're not trying, they don't vote, they don't care to vote. They really don't know who is actually running in 2012 anyway. The only person that they know of is, what, President Obama. But that's because, you know, he's black. But do you really, you know, understand the reasoning behind the campaign? Do you really understand the reasoning behind the right to vote? You know, do you, do you understand the reason behind why our forefathers fought for us and died and got sprayed with water hoses so we could have the right to vote. Hell, I kind of feel like it's deeper than that, man. It goes back to the title, Are We Cowards? I think a a lot of us, uh, you know, we've gotten to the point where our mind state is is that of fear, and and not just Mm -hmm. necessarily being fearful in in the sense of being scared. It's fearful of trying something new. We've got accustomed to being a certain way in our community. We've gotten accustomed to, to once we've achieved we don't want to do anything else but what we've done as of late, as a recent. So right. when you think about it, man, you say, what about our forefathers? I looked maybe, what, 40, 50 years ago, maybe 60 years ago, in the 60s, the 50s, and that era right there. You had black people, man, that, that stood up for what they believe in. You had black people that wasn't afraid. They, they, they were about their communities. It changed in the 70s, and it changed a whole lot in the 80s, and therefore after that it really changed. So when you look at our communities now, man, it's to the point of the question should be, have we? it shouldn't be have we forgotten. It's why have we forgotten. It ain't the fact that we don't see. Because we have a Black History Month every month, every year at the same time. And we we have McDonald's with their little commercials and all that. It's become so commercialized where it doesn't even have any meaning anymore to anybody. It's just like it's Black History Month again. Ooh, I don't, I don't, I can't go all the way with you on that one, Kevin. The reason I say that is because of the fact that it does have meaning. The problem is it doesn't have meaning to us. 
truth of the matter is, in today's time, Black History Month has more meaning to people who are black. I see more people of different cultures celebrate the true meaning of Black History Month, which is what our contributions were to America in general. Mm-hmm. I see more culture celebrating that than we do. But are they celebrating correctly? Um, I don't know if any of you are friends with me on Facebook, but I posted the other day like a clip from Jimmy Kimmel Live where he went on the street and asked like white people who their favorite black people were for like Black History Month, and like what we celebrate is like um, no no one named anyone who wasn't a uh, an entertainer. I say this: every person that they named was an entertainer. No one of historical significance was even named. And, and I think that that even though we have other cultures recognizing us, are they recognizing us correctly? Yeah, that, that's a, that's a good way to put that because I I would say probably in the next twenty years when we look back on. Uh, black accomplishments. We're gonna have more of a of an entertainment perspective of history in our history instead of you know black doctors, black lawyers, black poets, black writers, black actors. You know we're gonna see more of that in our history instead of you know a Langston Hughes or Tennessee Williams things things like that. You know we we won't have that. We won't have um, a, another Dr. Martin Luther King or another Malcolm X. That will probably not be another person like that. You know, you probably won't see kids doing book reports on, you know, those people like that anymore. They're probably going to start doing book reports on Lil Wayne or Jeezy or Jay-Z. But that that goes back to the conditioning, though, Al, don't it? I mean, we have a community that's been conditioned because, like, if you see violence so much, you won't look at it like it's, you know what I'm saying? Once you you see violence so much, when it really does happen again, you're going to look at it like, oh, okay, well, Somebody has been killed. Wow, it's nothing. So I think our people has gotten to the gotten to the point where, you know, <clears throat> as a people, we look at everything that goes on in our community, everything that goes on with our our young men, our young women, and it, it's nothing new to us anymore. I see we do have a caller. Y'all, y'all want to go ahead and bring them in? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. All right, caller six six two. You're live on the Middleman Talk Show. What's up? What's going on, middleman and women? What's happening? What's going on, Lord? That much, that much. And first off, I want to say happy anniversary to y'all. Congratulations on the show's success. Thank you, Thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, and, uh, and, and, and about the topic, I, I, want, I want to say a couple of things. I, I noticed what Jen was saying, and I agree with her. But we, we got to understand that the, the two biggest pictures in this whole conversation that we're talking about, the big picture about as far as, like, how we acknowledge uh, black history is just this. You know, there's a culture has been a cultural change. People like Dr. Martin Luther King to these young people, that's a preacher to them, to them kids. Uh, uh, entertainers, actors, uh, rap, hip hop artists, those people are more appealing to their eyes. A person like Dr. Martin Luther King, you got to think, back in the '70s, there was no young genius. So guess what? The person that was appealing to those people were like Dr. Martin Luther King. You know, in the '70s, you know, somebody getting up there talking about civil rights. But, but you know Gerard, that, 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 hold on, that, that, Gerard. That was, that was Gerard. Uh, Tupac and uh, Young Jesus to those people. Gerard, we did, we did have we did have stars that people idolized, like Jesse Owens and and your um, uh, Al Sender, Lou Al Sender, and all these yeah, yeah, different. Yes, I, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. 
But what, can I, what, can what I interject really quickly? Name, I heard sorry, something tonight at a, a rally that I think um, is very significant to this. Is that what has changed amongst our people is that we let other people, and I'm talking about African Americans, we let other people educate our children. Well, before exactly. we were the educators of our children. They went to school and they learned. But who to admire, who to look up to, what's going on uh-huh. in our community. Uh-huh. We as parents, or our, our forefathers, our people before us, were actively involved in shaping what we saw and, and well, what they, their children saw and, and how they were involved in the people that they looked up to. Where it has changed is we let um, the schools and, and television and, and radio and all of that be the, the driving, driving force uh, amongst our children, and I think that is the change. There was a lot more pride in being a teacher back in the day as opposed to now. And, now, and something that I'm so glad that President Obama addressed in his State of the Union, now you got teachers that just teach to the test. Mm-hmm. And that's something that's, that's something that's changed. There was pride in being a teacher. I, I was fortunate. I went to Alabama State University, which is the number one producer of black teachers in the nation. When I was there, I can't see for now, but there was real pride in, look, you're going to be an educator. You're responsible for the next generation of leaders, for the next generation of entertainers, for the next generation of, of everything that makes this country and this world what it is. There's not any pride like that anymore. Now it's just I'm going to go up and I'm going to get my check because I know it's a guaranteed check. I ain't got to work during the summer because I'm a teacher. And I heard teachers say these things. But they better look at also this, you know, this too. Due to some of those, you know, the education requirements that, you know, the, the, uh, the Board of Education has placed on the United States, it's hard to get those kids to pass. You know, that's because of the parents. You have to bring it back. When President Obama first became in office, he wanted to say that we need as parents to start taking some personal responsibility. It's up to the parents. If you look back on the civil rights movement, the the, Mm -hmm. the people at the front line, the people that went to jail were children. They they used children uh, uh, across the board in the um, civil rights movement. Those were kids getting attacked by dogs and water hoses. Um, a lot of children were. And so the thing is, how many people teach their children to get involved and to stand up and to teach their children about their community and the importance of community? That is not being passed down. It's not up to the Board of Education. It's up to you as a parent. People don't care to have that respect and pride like they did back in the day. People had pride and respect for themselves back in the day. They like that, that, that's not in society today. Like I just told y'all, the culture has changed. And as far as like y'all talking about are black people afraid politically, it's not just a political issue. It's a domestic uh, 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 problem mm-hmm. that we deal with, even, even on the job. If, 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 a, if a white person tears a black person down and fire them, you think the rest of the guys in the company going to get together and go fight for a job? Because guess what? We have all been taught, man, that white people can take something from us. And we scared to stand up because guess what? We scared to lose what we got. Why? Yeah, well, we, we do have a couple of uh, comments over here on, on, on the web chat, Black Awareness. You know, they were talking about um, integration and, and how it had a positive effect 
on our community and, and the availability, the ability of, to advance in this nation. Um, I would say I agree, but I somewhat disagree, respectfully disagree, because with immigration, it also led to the point where our community was divided and, and basically we got conquered. Just my opinion, because you do have a lot of people that did advance, and you have those that didn't advance also, because it, it's like when we had all our black businesses, black businesses in our community, a lot of times, man, we would prefer to go outside of that community and, and, and shop elsewhere. Just like they said, the, in the Jewish community, that dollar is spent, what, 10 times or so? In the black community, it's spent one time. And that's out our hands to somebody else's hand. But in our community, it doesn't go around like that. So I think integration did play its part on, on hurting our community also. Yeah, that goes to the question about, you know, taking back our community and our businesses. Um, you know, that's one thing that we did have pride in as far as owning our own businesses and making our own products, just like when FUBU came out. You know, the name FUBU, you know, said it, you know, it was, it was self-explanatory for us and by us, you know, but, but once now, the point of when it, where does FUBU fell down? I, I, I was about to get to that. I was about to get to that. FUBU still says. FUBU I'm fine. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, but, but, but we don't have control over that, though. We could, still, uh, you know, we could we could control the fact that we could still choose to support them, but see, we've become so trendy nowadays. Mm-hmm. Food still sells very well. And where do they sell? They sell in Japan. They sell very well in Japan. Why? Because Japan has very much so respected and adored black culture. If you go over there now, you go to a Japanese club, you think you're going to hit the number one pop star in Japan? No. You're going to hit some Tupac. You're going to hit some Biggie. You're going to hit all the black artists from but the Nick, United States. But Nick, I mean, do that. Nick, culturally, I mean, yeah, we, we've given the world music culturally, but as far as the people with us being respected, we are not respected as Americans, as black Americans, as African Americans, as black people. We're not respected and revered around right. this world. We're hated. We are demanded. We're looked at with disgust. So, I mean, dude, what, what's the purpose of even saying we gave y'all music and be happy about that? What's the purpose? That's not what I'm saying, Kev. What I'm saying is respect is earned. And quite honestly, as a whole, we don't deserve the respect that we had 30, 40 years ago. The culture has changed so much. Like, let's just be honest. Respect is deserved. I don't give anybody respect that does not deserve respect. And quite frankly, as a whole, the black community... We don't deserve has, respect. They don't deserve I, I the respect that, they once, that we once had. I, I got to agree with Nick on that, Kev, man. I got okay. to agree with Nick. Mm. You know, it just kind of uh. is what it is. And what's going to truly mess things up is the fact that everybody is so concerned about me, me, I, I, I. One thing that happened, just like we talked about on the chat board, we got integration, but another way they got into our minds is that light skin, dark skin, slave mentality. Mm-hmm. It's just like you said, some people capitalized on it, some people didn't, but it, was, it wasn't just that. Because you had blacks that made more money than other blacks, but during the bus boycott of Montgomery, the, the more well-off blacks were willing to extend their hand to the ones that weren't, that weren't as well-off of them and say, hey, don't ride this bus. We're going to give y'all rides to work. 
That's why I said in the chat board, do you think that today, because all they had then was the Alabama State College newspaper and word of mouth. That was the only way that they could get out to the rest of Montgomery, that there was a bus boycott. Now, with Facebook, Twitter, and all this stuff, today, everything that we have, text messages, all that, I promise you, we could not organize a boycott the way that they did because we're not as together as they were. Exactly. That's all the point I was trying to make right there. It's different now, man. Everybody's all about themselves these days, man. And like I said, this is not politically, man. It's domestic, man. I mean, everybody all for themselves, man. Ain't nobody, don't nobody care about nobody. Well, see, that, now, now, that's the thing that, that is really breaking us down because, you know, this is something that we discussed on previous shows as far as getting out in our community to try to build that back up, just like with the disciplinary uh, very actions that um, our neighbors used to do to us. Like if we were to get in trouble in their yard, they would come out and spank us. We don't have that no more. You know, no. we don't have that. You know that um, that raising of village. You know, syndrome no more. You know, it, and, it, and, it's, and it's, like, like, it's like it's sad when I hear black people say that they don't want to live in black neighborhoods. They would rather stay around white people. And you know what? Yeah. A girl explained that to me one time. She said, Gerard, if you live in a black neighborhood and your house getting broken in, the guys, the little boys down the street, the folks hanging out on the corner, whatever, guess what? They, guess what they're going to say? I don't know nothing about it. I ain't seen nothing. I ain't got nothing to do with it. But she said, Gerard, first, if I go live in a white neighborhood, if somebody, somebody breaking in my house, guess what? Miss Anna Sue, whoever the white lady is talking, she's going to call the police. She's going to tell. And you know what, Kev? I just shit my mouth. You know what? White people care, man. White people ain't going to sit up there and let somebody break your house. They're going to tell. Hey, man, I care. Like that communities, man. White people finna keep their communities clean. Black people, if somebody bring your house care, get what? Don't nobody know what happened. But you know what, dude? I care. If somebody in my neighborhood doing something wild and out, yeah, I'm one of them brothers. I'm going to call the cops. I'm snitching. Yeah. And, and that's me. I'm like that. Dad. A lot of people don't like me in my neighborhood, but I'm going to tell it. You know what I'm saying? My kids got to live in this neighborhood. Exactly. Man. You, you, you know, got to have that. Right. And the girl said that, though, man, I really couldn't say nothing careful because guess what? The truth is the truth. White people care, care about, you know what I'm saying, man. Black people don't care if it ain't happening to them. If it ain't affecting them directly, they don't care. I do care, and I'm black, Gerard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just but saying. Yeah, we're right? talking about it as a whole. Hey, you I know. know you Not know all white people care either, because I, 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 I've been through some trailer parks, and they don't do nothing over there either. So we're not going to generalize and say all white people care and all black people don't care. I'm not saying majority. I'm just saying a vast majority. You know, so now I'm not saying you're in an upscale white neighborhood. Going to sad topic about all black people cowards. The difference is you had a lot of people that stepped up back in the day. Look at where we come from. We didn't have Dr. Martin Luther King in Mississippi fighting over Mississippi, but you can damn sure bet that Mecca ever says, okay, you had people that would step up. I guess that's the biggest thing. The reason that you had so many black leaders, quote-unquote, is because so many people were willing to step up for what was right. True that. Exactly. Hey, we do have another caller that would like to get in the conversation. Caller 626, you are live on the Middleman Talk Show. What's up? Hey, what's up, brother? This is uh, Covina, man. I'm a uh, black brother in the, in the chat room. What's going on, son of a man? I keep hey, calling. Hey, what's going on? on? man. Yeah, how you, how you doing? Uh, what's going yeah, on, brother? It's all good, man. I, I think that uh, a lot of people are scared. Or, or, or a lot of people are conditioned to like where they at, and they like the condition that they find other black people in, 
which is on the bottom. That makes them good because they can be in the middle or, or on the top and have uh, most black, black people on the bottom, and people are happy with that. And, and, and I think that there's a number of black people, like, like myself, was not happy with the situation and uh, is putting aside differences we might have with different people of different religions, and, and we brothers are organizing. Mm-hmm. Organizing an alternative, an alternative strategy. I mean, we're not just gonna sit up here and just accept the status quo. We're, you know, brothers are organizing. So, you know, I just want to put that out there. Uh, brothers are, are making moves right now. So, you, you know, you know mean, what, man, I would love to, to see. see. I, I would love to see more of a grassroots type movement across this country because I don't think it's gonna take, you know, a big publicized type situation where everybody and mama know about it because. That's when people kind of back down and get scared of that situation. I really think it starts in smaller groups, and it has to spread like wildfire. That's just my opinion. I'm glad that you brothers are doing it. I would love yeah. to be a part of something like that myself. Well, you have to, you got to start somewhere, man. Like, you look at the Black Panther Party. It all started because of the streetlights. Like, like, come on now. It's, a lot of people think that it takes this big mass organization to do this. No, a lot of this, it comes from necessity. This needs to be changed. This needs to be done. And it usually takes one or two people to step up. That's really all it comes down to. And we can all see the problem. We all see the problem. We all understand and, and pretty much know the steps in order it needs to take to, to like change the problem or create a solution for that problem. It's just that getting the support in the community that we need to make these solutions come, you know, to life. Just oh, like, yeah. you know, President Obama, you know, if he would have had more support with, you know, Congress with some of the things in which he wanted to enact with the government, you know, some of those things would be coming into play right now. But he don't have that support. So, and, you know, and that comes to the miseducation of, you know, what other community leaders have been Poisoning some of these, you know, these people who believe in them all the time, you know. And and, 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 I, and, and the I don't want to single people out, but Kevin, I talk about that all the time. But but may I say this? Like as far as like President Obama with the support of Congress, how many times have we spoken about on the show? Like call your congressman, you know, do this, do that. How many people in our community do that? People actually think that people don't do that, but they do. Um, in other cultures, other communities, they call their congressmen, they voice their opinion, you pay taxes, you have a right to call these people mm-hmm. and demand upon them um, action that, that you want them to represent you to do. We don't do those things. We don't. No. We don't show up at meetings. We, we just we don't do those things. Hey, Jim, we do have another caller. We're going to go ahead and bring this call in right quick to let them voice their opinion. Caller 843, you're live on the Middleman Talk Show. What's up? Hey, what's up, gentlemen? It's T. Smitty. How y'all doing, what's up, man? Smitty? What's up, Smitty? Man, hey, man, my bull took one on the chain today, but it's all right, man. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> like our topic, though, see, how black people are cowards. People talking about these movements and stuff, first things first, these movements. I thought you got to keep pastors out of it. I'm going to be honest with that one. Uh, you need people that's willing to strike up because, one, you start having a movement. you got to have financial backing. Mm-hmm. And let's be honest here. The powers of be don't fear Jesus. They fear money and vote. <laughs> Let's just be honest here. Uh, but also, uh, it starts at the lowest level. People, black people in our own neighborhoods are scared to snitch out the dope dealer or the guy who yeah. shot somebody in their neighborhood. Yeah. That right there shows you a coward. Uh, or, or call out another black person on their BS. 
no matter how it may make them feel. You know this kid dropped out of high school. You call him out on it. Or this girl keep getting pregnant by losers. Call him out on it. But we don't do that because what do we say? Oh, you're judging me. You can't judge me. Only God could judge me, but they ain't read the Bible past Adam and Eve. You know, but the well, thing is, that's why. That's yeah, why. you know. Yeah, you know, and the thing is, with, with movement, the problem is you don't have to cut people out. You have to cut them out. You know, as a friend of mine said, people like microwave popcorn. Some will pop, some won't, but the bag going to burn if you leave them all in trying to pop the rest of those kernels. So, I, so I feel like that one, black people didn't go out to vote for congressional election when John Panero guys got power in the White House. That's why President Obama didn't get that done stuff passed because Congress is blocking him. Not not because Congress is blocking him, because we didn't show up to vote. And exactly. we don't show up. We don't make our voices exactly. hurt. We can't. We won't exactly. put money together unless it's trying to hustle. So mm-hmm. you know, like my last thing is, look at like everybody's mad at glass. But one thing about them, you may disagree with them what they stand for. But one, they're organized. They had the money together, and they're not afraid to make their voices heard. And just that's right. It, it, and, and that squeaky wheel is getting greasy. And also, one thing about like the cop, by nothing my cop being cowardly. When was the last time you seen somebody go up to the school board and demand, they said, well, the school ain't getting no money. Why aren't you at these school board meetings demanding that they put money in these schools? Like, start off with that. Or have a neighborhood watch. Or better yet, how about you don't be a coward in your own home and you may have those people who are bad degenerates. You kick them out. You have degenerates in your community. You kick them out. That's part of being strong. If you can't even do it, or better yet, you know how these black schools, they get a lot of these fights going on. Mm-hmm. When was the last time you seen parents speak out on TV talking about that they don't clean this up, I'm pulling my kid out of here? Man, it's, rare, it's far and few, but you have somebody that do do it, Smitty. Oh, yeah. It ain't, it's my not publicized. Yeah, my mom did that. I grew, I grew up in the birds in Montgomery, Alabama. And, like, there was, like, a, a fight and stuff there years ago. I was a high school a long time ago. But, uh, they uh, are. good about to say, man. Come on, man. That that can change a little bit. This, the the yeah. birds in Montgomery didn't change from what they used to be. Hell, Spring Valley used to be the birds. Now it's a good. Yeah, you, you ain't yeah. lying. Hey, I went back home and I was like, whoo, boy. Uh, <laughs> hey, glad cool. I was on that east side of Bell Road. Even Bell Road went down. Uh, right. But the, but you know, <laughs> and, and, that, and that and you brought up a good point. We let our neighborhoods go down. Being a strong, if you if you're not a coward, you're not gonna let your neighborhoods go down. It's right. like I live in the birds out here in Phoenix now. These people do not play about these neighborhoods. No, that number one, shirt to step it. yeah, go ahead. It, it goes back to money. You know, they can't yep. have that property value decrease. That's right. Yep. And we're not talking. So what do we say? We're not talking. What do we that. say? Money and everything. We say money and everything. That's what we say. Everybody else is about the money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's true, man. Man, Smitty, yeah, man, we thank you for your call, man. Anybody else out there would like to get in this conversation, you can dial 718-508-9972, press number one. We would love to get you guys back in this conversation. Um, today we are talking about our black people cowards. Strong statement. Let's see if we can prove this wrong or prove this right. Hey, let's keep it rolling, baby. Well, I want to piggyback off of what, you know, Smitty was talking about with the, uh, the neighborhood. And you and I had a conversation about... Why don't we go off and buy us some land? You know, just like how, you know, white people do. They they go into this far situation and make them a brand new community 
make you know bring everything that they need in their community and sustain it. Why can't we do that? You know, we, you know, just, just as just as he was saying, like if we were to move into a neighborhood like that, um, I'm not saying all black people would, but we see it a lot. You know, we destroy what we got, or we destroy what we get. You know, we don't improve what we get, and that's where it comes into where um, just like how you know there's you know what is going on out out there in uh, Atlanta. You know, around the city limits, you know, they're remodeling some of those uh, old right. uh, apartments and, and making them condominiums. Oh, yeah. You know, $300,000 condominiums in the hood, where, where, where the hood used to be at. Gentrification exactly. to its fullest. Exactly. And and what they're doing is you're raising the property value, you're pushing us out. Now, where is that leaving us? You know, why why isn't anybody seeing anything about that? Why isn't anybody, you know, you know trying to actually... Make a community where it is nice and livable and affordable for minority or you know people who don't make enough money to afford that to stay in. You know we want nice things, but the thing you know that we have to look at as well too. Are we going to take care? You know because their theory is well when we move in, there goes the neighborhood. Yeah. There goes well, the neighborhood. Let's, let's 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 get to the meat of it. Let's get to the real meat of it. The problem is everybody keeps looking. For a black leader, they look. They can't wait for something to come up. Man, it's Al Sharpton gonna come down talking about this. Is mm. Jesse Jackson? First off, stop looking for somebody. It's just like I said before. It all starts at home. Somebody at home has got to step up and say. Somebody that's living in that neighborhood has got to step up and say, "Look, this is not right." Stop waiting on these black. Because I'm gonna tell you something about some of your quote-unquote black leaders today. A lot of them are cowards. A lot of them are some of the biggest cowards, and we look to them like they're still the leaders. No. Let's just be honest. They sat there. They kowtowed. They fetched. So anybody who came along, when it was popular to be around Dr. Martin Luther King, they were around him. When it was popular to be around Malcolm X, they were around him. And it was popular to be around Robert Kennedy, they were around him. Mm-hmm. Let's be honest. If they were really that much of a threat, they'd be dead by now. Ask Mega Ever's family. Ask Dr. King's family. Ask Malcolm X's family. Let's just get to the meat of it. Yeah, a lot of those guys are playing. These people do not have our best interest at heart. They have their best interest because they're the quote-unquote last one standing, and they get money for going to these places and raising the uproar about it. Hence, Tavis Smiley and Cornel West going around with their damn poverty bus. Jesse Jackson. Yeah, I I don't like him. And, you know, I don't have too much of a problem with Al Sharpton, but I, I noticed something with that brother lately, even just listening to his show every once in a while. He has to make a statement of, oh, no, I didn't say that. They said that. I didn't say that. It's cowardice. I mean, if you can't even express yourself on radio without the media or, or the people that are above you saying, hey, uh, uh, what are you doing saying that? Are you scared? Man, come on, man. Money ain't hey, – you can make money anywhere else. You may not make the money that you have. I mean, I know we don't have the impact that we should have on, on mega media, you know, like the big media, the big, you know, like Fox and CNN or whatever. But at the same time, man, you know, there's other means to get your word out and get what you need to say out besides where you're at right now. You might not be able to get Fox News, but you can definitely get Fox's local affiliate. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. The message will be stated. Mm-hmm. We, I mean, got, we, we got, got a voice right, right here. Play it. I'll say Fox. what I need to say. Oh. Go ahead, Jim. And I think, um, I know we're going to talk about this a little bit later in the show, but I think... The perfect example of that is what's happening in, you know, my old high school 
in Gainesville, Georgia right now is our community is standing up. I'm so proud of our community right now for this young man, um, Cody Smith, who um, who has an injustice going on with him right now. And it's our, our local leaders, our local community, just regular people who are showing up to the school board meetings, who are, you know, organizing rallies, who are calling the news stations and local newspapers and saying that, you know, we're not going to stand by and see an injustice happen. And, and I think that it happens more than, than we think. It's just that we we as a people need to just band together. But in small pockets of the country, it, it does happen. Right. And, you know, it kind of leads back to something like what we were talking about as far as, like, even with Roland Martin, you know, you know, not being able to say and express what he want to say. You have this young man over here, and you think about it, we're losing people every day in yep. places where they could be making a difference in media. You know, I mean, this story right here, I don't know if anyone's heard about it, like Al referenced to it earlier, if you're just tuning in. This young man is in Gainesville, Georgia, with what, Jen, a 4.7 GPA? He has a 4, this young man, Cody Smith, has a 4.75 GPA. He has the highest GPA in his high school, which, you know, he's supposed to, and he's also the star student. He has the highest SAP score in the high school. Um, he has a four-year scholarship to Emory University, and he's supposed to be valedictorian. However, the school system, the Gainesville City school system, is trying to force Cody to share his valedictorian spot with another boy who has a lower GPA, and that other student's so happens to be white and so happens to be rich. And they're trying to make this little boy who worked very hard for his, you know, grades and worked very hard to become valedictorian of his school. And they're trying to take his recognition away from him by making him share his valedictorian spot. And sharing the valedictorian spot has never been done before. They do not have a um, the same score. Cody has the obviously higher score but yet he's being forced to share it and when mm -hmm. we're when we ask for an explanation from the school board none none is given it's just none is given at all so what can you assume but is that this young man will be the first black valedictorian in our town's history well wow. i pray it does i pray that they actually you know make this this goal successful for him because it is needed um you know, I really hate that he is actually actually going through this because I know that, that that is a lot of pressure on him. I know he's probably going to be feeling uncomfortable at school. You know, and he, he is. Right? I mean, this little boy yeah. is so humble. And so, and if it was up to him, he would share um, um, he would share the spot with the other little boy if it was solely up to him. But I, I attended a rally tonight um, on this subject where. Um, there were some people from the NAACP and SDLC and the Rainbow Push Coalition. They they did show up to this meeting, and um, but a, a lot more people from our local community showed up as well. And right. you know, like they said, this is bigger than Cody because yeah. he's an example of what what other little boys and girls can be. And, and we as a people try to teach our children that if you work hard and, and you do the right things and you do what you're supposed to do, you'll be rewarded. And for them to, to think that they're going to take this away from him uh, is unacceptable. It's, it's unacceptable. Let me, let me say this much. And, and the young man, Cody, I, I will say this to you. Brother, in five years, 
this is going to be an afterthought to you. You are on your way to heights and levels of success that will take you far beyond that school. And I guarantee you, they're going to come calling. Yep, most definitely. They're going to come calling. Hey, why don't you come back and speak at the school? No, why don't you have that other guy come back and speak at the school? But I do want to say this. In terms of people saying that this is bigger than Cody, I think that's that's one of the biggest problems. In a grand sense of it, yeah, it may be bigger than Cody, but guess what? At the end of the day, this is still this young man. We have to concentrate. We have to hone in on people and not make them think this is about the bigger picture. No, this is about you as an individual because this is this is very important. We have to make our youth feel and know that you are just as important as this big cause. Okay, it's fine. Rainbow pushes down there. SCLC, NAACP, that's fine. They're going to make the news with that. But it's the people within that community that are going to make the real impact. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, my thing is, Nick, are they going to continue the pressure? You know what I mean? Because a lot of times, it man, is. we, we it, have it, our it, organ- They are going to continue. A deadline, our community has stood up and given this um, the school board and the principals and, and, right. and the people that in charge, uh, uh, you know, 48 hours. Where they said tonight, you know, they issued a statement publicly telling them that they have 48 hours to make this right for Cody or, right. you know, or wow. we're going to take action. Hey, but you know, oh, that's, that's, that's cool that your community has that's done that. But a lot of times, let's even take the Gina 6 when that incident happened. The media was there hitting it strong, hitting it hard. And then all of a sudden it just died. You don't even hear nobody talk about it unless they just reference it. Oh, I was dying there doing that movement. You know what I mean? The thing about it is every time we have a situation in our community, we have our so-called, quote-unquote, black organizations go down there. And they, like, like Al said, they just getting that FaceTime, face on TV time. You know what I'm saying? There's as long no as that follow-up. topic is hot, they there. Mm-hmm. So There's no follow-up. What, exactly. No follow-up. Where, where, where do we need to take this as far as dealing with a situation like that, and, and then go to a whole different level. Well, how can we, how can we take it beyond them just taking advantage of the situation? What can we do to keep you the keep pressure up on every yep. incident, not just one, every incident? Just you like, keep on pushing. The, the thing is, you want more. Not just showing up at school board meetings because this is going on. You show up at school board meetings because you, it's important because you live in this community and what happens in the school system that you live in is important to, to your community. Schools are, are very important to the survival and, uh, of a community. And it's important, it's, it's, especially as black people, to have a voice. I know I was president of the PTA for three years, and I can count on one hand how many times I had black parents show up and, and come out in large numbers or even call. And, and you know, I had a few, so I ain't going to say it wasn't any. But it, it really wasn't a lot that participated. And you really had to beg, you know, them to come out and to do things. And I know that, you know, people have jobs and stuff, but it's important to be involved. But regardless of anything is going on or, or not, to say that I am here it is important. Well, that's cool, Jen. And we need more participation in a lot of our schools with our people. And I think it's bigger than that also. I really do. Mm-hmm. You know, I, mean, I would love to see these organizations step up and do, just like with the Jewish community, you say anything about them. You do anything towards them in a bad manner, they go ham on them. No pun intended. Oh, well, you know well. what I'm saying? The, 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 the Latino brothers and sisters out there, they have an organization that if you say anything detrimental to their society or their community, they go in on 
know what I'm saying? I-N-L-A-C-P, they'll pick their fight. They choose their fight. As long as they ain't messing with any of their sponsors. If they ain't messing with any of their little... You know, and I'm not a member of the NAACP, and I'm not just really down on them like that. But at the same time, I would love to see more action when we have a situation like with this young man. And also even with Roland Martin. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Glad came in. They organized. Glad came in and and was like, oh, he said this. And, And if anybody out there know about what I'm talking about with Roland Martin, the man practically just said, if your boy got excited about David Beckham's draws commercial during the Super Bowl, you should smack him upside the head. Now what is gay about what what's gay about that? Where you get the gayness of that? And I in, in my opinion it's cowardice that the fact that you did not have organizations, even the black journalists, you know, they didn't even step up for this guy. You know what I mean? I think that there's a level of accountability on all sides on that cast. Like let's just be honest. You know, uh, and I've been, you know, researching this the last few days, and, and, and a lot of this is opinion-based, but since we're covering all, you know, all bases on it, a lot of people felt like those same organizations, Roland Martin turned his back on when he did get to CNN. Well, hey, man. And Either so way it, it, it does come down to, it, it, let's just be honest, it does come down to, you know, you turned your back on us, and now you need us. Michael Jackson became black after that second trial, didn't he? He had some Muslims around him, too, didn't he? Did we turn our back on him? No. He made thriller. <laughs> <laughs> Let me say this real quick. Shout out to our chat board. It is going down in the chat board right now. Uh, black Awareness, Black Brotherhood, Black Man, Jay Works, Riding Dirty Radio, and all of our guests. Uh, it's going down over there in in, in the chat board right now. I, I, I want all of you guys to call in and voice your opinion. 718-508-9972. Hey, man. Bro, uh, black Brotherhood said glad is Afrophobic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is a word. Because it, it, all right. It, 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 <laughs> they love to say we homophobic when we speak out on certain things dealing with with our um, with gay people. How can you be? Sh- I'm not. I don't know of anyone that's scared of gay people. I'm scared of heights. When I get Thank up you. into a high building, like on the 60th floor of a building, I get a little nervous. My knees shake. When I get around a gay person, I'm like, man, whatever, dude. Just don't yeah, mess with me. Yeah, yeah. Let's just be honest. If some big six foot nine. 430 pounds, they do roll up on you and be like, hey, how you doing with them jeans? You're going to feel a little scared. I feel no, I ain't scared, man, because number one, number one, I'm a man. I'm a man. Because if a gay dude walk up on me like that and he come at me like that, I'm going to just politely tell him, brother, I don't get down like that. And if he want to take it further, I still got these hands. I'm a man. What does a man got to do with me? What does that got to do with that? Any, like, no, what is that? If, if, if a Nick trying to impose that if a big dude walk up on me, I'm going to get scared. No. If he okay, walk up on me, he say, I like him, and I like him. We got a caller that want to comment, man. <laughs> Let's take this call before y'all get out of here. Caller, you live on the Middleman Talk Show. What's up? Yeah, this is uh, Mr. Solution. Hey, Am I on? What's going on? Hello? What's going on? What's going on? Go How you doing? Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I, are you talking to me? Yeah. Is this oh, okay. Uh, I can't hear you. There's a muffled. 
Hey, let's see, I'm going to say something even the cowards can't uh, disagree with. Well, maybe they can. Uh, the thing is, is that uh, there's a lack of knowledge in the black community. Uh, there's mostly ego, uh, virtually no knowledge. And so I'm going to recommend counseling. Counseling should be popularized by all of us because it'll, it, it forces one to break outside of that stupid shell that they have surrounding them. And so that's what you have. You, ha you have cowardice, of course. You have uh, ignorance, and you have ego. And so I, I think, and, and I'm just saying it very, very succinctly, and you can certainly ask a question if you like, but we're going to have to get counseling. We're walking around in a stupor. We're stupid. We, we don't know how to relate to each other. We right. don't know how to build a damn thing. Right. and so on and so forth. So I'm going to suggest counseling as a regular and continual uh, uh, method of guidance. Why would you say that, Richard? Excuse me? Why would you say that? Why, Why would I say that we need you, counseling? Yeah, yeah. I mean, would you recommend that for the whole race of people, black race Absolute, people? Absolutely, without fail, because... If you look at it this way, and this is what you call a sine qua non, an, an essential mm -hmm. essence. Black people in America, unfortunately, can't feed or clothe themselves. That's a problem. Mm -hmm. That's a problem. Yes, so, it is. It's a very, very much a problem. That's a problem. And what you're doing is you're giving your lifeblood to other people who don't even like you. Now, how insane is that? So the point is, you have no relationships between the man and the woman, so you have nothing to build upon. That's number one. And all of that has to do with uh, ignorance and right. fearfulness and ego. So I'm recommending counseling so that we can actually get some damn direction. Hmm. The we, first, we, we, if you take any kind, there's a, a branch of science known as synectics. It's uh, problem stating and critical problem solving. Identifying the problem is half the solution. Mm -hmm. Most blacks haven't a clue what the problems are, let alone what the solutions are. So, do you think? Do you think that the problem? Uh, I mean, it's is so complicated where. No. Even if you did have an analogy of it, you, you couldn't really just pinpoint it to one thing that's what was no, the hindrance no. of all of us? No, no. The problems are very, actually, solutions to a problem are necessarily simpler than the problem. Hence, it's the solution. So we've got to build businesses. The one thing we don't like to do is ask anybody. We're very pompous. We think we know it all. We right. don't. And we love to fight. The average black person will put, in, will put in much more energy fighting and disagreeing than they ever put in collaborating. One thing we don't do, we don't quote each other. Think about that for a minute. White people quote each other all the time. They're always quoting. In fact, if you read any book, any discipline, they start out with quoting uh, Aristotle, Socrates, yeah. Plato. They quote the found their founding fathers. Black people don't quote each other. That's sad. That means and they don't really. We have a selfish mentality of wanting to, uh, you know, it's all about me. I did this. Nobody helped me to get where I am. 
Mm-hmm. Well, we're really not doing that much. Like 80% of blacks who have degrees work for the local, the federal, or the state governments, okay? Uh, there are virtually zero black businesses. And just as I mentioned, and you tell me if I'm wrong, I, I, I stand to be corrected, in virtually no community in America um, uh, do blacks have well-stocked black-owned grocery stores. No, I'm we do not. No, we don't. We don't. Okay, that's a problem. So Dr. Claude Anderson wrote a book. I highly recommend him, uh, Power Numics, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, mm-hmm. he uh, talks about connecting with your universities, uh, you know, in order to get a plan. Blacks have no think tanks. Uh, whites have myriads of think tanks, Brooking Institute, the Cato Institute, the Hoover Institute. I mean, you can just go on and on. We live in a complex, complicated society, and that's fine. That's because we build it up. Uh, but we need to be advised. Blacks have no advisors. Even if you go to the Jewish community, rabbis are very brilliant. And they look out for the people who are also intelligent, but they look out for their community. Who looks out for blacks? The pulpit pimp? The, the pulpit pimps? <laughs> well, you know what the problem is with that, though, honestly? Just going back, and I, I'm agreeing with you, but just like you said, in the Jewish community, they look to the rabbis. We automatically, in the black community, we dismiss our religious leaders as being the pulpit pimp. Wow. We automatically dismiss them. And don't get me wrong, there are some flashy ones out there. There are, but there are also some hardworking religious leaders of that are out there, and one of our frequent listeners, uh, an artist by the name of Michael Ayers, he did a song called I Am a 99, we just played this past Thursday, and he said, how am I supposed to teach my babies when I don't drive a Bentley or Mercedes? Unfortunately, in our community, we equate material things with success, and if we don't see those material things from hardworking people, we don't consider them successful, so we don't value their opinion. It's a mentality change. Right. I was on a show this morning. It was all females. Oh, how I love that. I love talking with them. <laughs> but see, this was the thing. They were asking the question, could you be single while you're, uh, while you're married? And immediately, you know, I told them that was, that's oxymoronic. That's crazy. If you want to stay single, damn it, stay single. If you're married, you're committed to the other person. So there I recommended counseling. Black folks need counseling. They need, and and what I'm going to encourage you guys to do, I'm going to enlist you to, first of all, recognize that, acknowledge that, and then start to promote that. We need to bring the, the black counselors are afraid. I mean, I mean, it's amazing. Black people try to service other people who really don't want their service before they service themselves. You're always supposed to be your own base. Everybody understands. But we as a people have a fear of, like, the word counselor. I, you know, I, I believe in counseling. I believe in therapy. I, I'm a big believer in it. But, like, African Americans have a big problem even with the word counselor because like you, I think you said it perfectly earlier, we have a fear of other people telling us what to do. We have a fear of people, you know, that, that make us inferior because we reach out for help. Um, I, I don't know how we as a people get over that hump 
I'll explain it. It's very simple. It's very simple. And they do it all the time on Wall Street, Madison Avenue. I bet if I said to you right now, Winston tastes good, like, uh, finish that for me. I can't. <laughs> I can't finish that. save my life. I'm sorry. Okay, that's fine. But what I'm saying is re- repeating something that's appropriate is the way you uh, address that. That's what cus- customs in a culture do. They repeat that which the culture finds important in order to inculcate it in the ones that they want to uh, carry that culture. So the answer is not to retreat from something that's good, but to promote it. And that's called creating a critical mass, or what you call inertia, right? We need to create a healthy inertia. And it's horrible being on a losing team all the time. Even if you are an individual winner, uh, which I believe many of us are, you hate being part of a losing team because when your team loses, you lose. Now, somebody in the chat room asked me what the problems are. I just stated the problems. You can't feed and clothe yourself. Therefore, you can't pass anything on to your legacy. You've got to start to communicating to form a base where you have your own businesses. That's critical. We agree, Richard, and we agree. Man, we thank you for your call. And uh, if you want to get back in this conversation, you can press that one again or just hit back in the line. We've got another caller that's been holding right. for a little while. All right. Thank you. All right. Black Man 37, what's going on? Hello. How are you doing, family? Hey, I'm everything's there, my brother. Thanks, man. Um, what I wanted to say is, um, well, first I have to disagree that we're not, we don't take counseling from someone. I take counseling. We, we get counseled on a daily basis. It's called television. Mm. It's called movies. Mm. It's called cult. It's called um, radio. Society. Right. So, so the way society is, somebody sits around and dictate, or somebody, a group of individuals, I'll say, sit around and determine, okay, we should be able to make this popular. Let's put all our money and energy into this, make a commercial, and we'll make this popular, or we'll make this work popular, or we'll, we'll, we'll make a movie, and then we'll get a catchphrase, and then that will become popular. See, that's usually our counseling, because usually, psychologically, we follow that than we anything else. You know, like the word swag. Correct. Mm-hmm. Okay? That's one. You know, all these different words or catchphrases or these, these things that society say we should have, like you were saying about the priest, or like somebody was saying about the pastor. Mm-hmm. The pastor is not relevant unless he have big car, lots of money, flashy suits, and a big church. Then he's considered, oh, that's what a businessman, oh, that's what a, a, a man that's successful is supposed to look like. That's what we're supposed to follow under him. But the problem is those who usually are at that particular level don't come back to help others get to that same level as he gets to. For example, you have many books telling you, well, you become successful if you follow this, 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 and this to be successful. But there's other parts of the game they don't really tell you about how you can have a successful business. And I heard, I wish I could remember this man's name. He had a lecture. He was talking about this. This one white gentleman was talking about this. He's like, these guys who run um, some of the automotive industry, 
you know, these big CEOs, and they write these books talking about how they became successful. But really, they had ghostwriters write these books, and the reason they got successful is because they decreased the hours and, and the money of their employees while they sucked up all the money themselves. That's how they really became successful. They mm-hmm. screwed the workers, and they gained all the money for themselves. Right. So it's really Sounds no, real familiar. Secret, <laughs> yeah, and you know, and it's, it's, that's why it's really no secret. This is a game that's being played. So yeah, we got counseling, all right. We got the wrong type of counseling. What we right. need is the right mm-hmm. type of counseling, and that's where it goes in what the young lady was saying. Right. We need somebody to go to people who can set our minds back to a correct level, so that we are able to function. And then what Mr. Solution was saying, aka Rich out of California, was saying is that we don't have our own infrastructure in place. And he's yeah. right. And it's hard to obtain that infrastructure in place is because we have very successful black folks who are billionaires, millionaires, multimillionaires. They do not and refuse to go out and get the resources and grow the resources if necessary to bring them back to a, this broken community, which we call a black community, in order for us to feed our people correctly, the correct knowledge, the correct food. Mm-hmm. You know, so if you do not have those things, you cannot move correctly. So it's not that we don't have, ac- we couldn't have access to these things. You have a continent that is rich with resources. Now, how many of us as African Americans or Africans, um, stolen Africans, or black people as they would like to be called, how many of us have access to these resources? Uh, the somewhat limited, man. The yeah, the minerals. You know, gold, diamonds, rubies, sapphire. We don't uh, no. uh, cotton to make cloth or toilet paper or sanitary napkins for women. We don't have those things. And if you do not okay. have those things, you're going to constantly work under somebody else and continue to follow somebody else. Well, if that other person who actually has these resources collapses, like America and some of the European countries are starting to do, what will you do then? That's the question I like to pose out here to people who may think being successful is to follow the American dream, which is a nightmare. Right. It's a dream. What do you do in a dream? You're asleep. You're not woke. And, Part and of your subconscious is moving, but your is, conscious self is not. It's something to just keep us basically like a hamster in the wheel to a certain degree. And I, I agree with you on that. You know, it's a lot of things. You know, Richard made some great points. You made some great points. I really feel that you know, for our community to get right and, and have some courage about itself, we definitely have to stand up and make a stand somewhere. We've been asking for this stand. I was listening to some old clips of Malcolm X earlier, mm-hmm. and some of the things that he was expressing are some of the things that we still have issue with to this day. And, and that, <laughs> speech, that speech kind of stands upon our whole society, uh, well, our community, really. You know, yeah. and it, it's, it's crazy to me. It, and it's sad. You know, it's sad because we don't want to do it because we're afraid to do it. Because if we do it, we may get labeled, oh, you're trying to do that black thing. It's really not a black thing. It's more so taking care of the community thing. This whole notion race, first for instance, race is is a social construct. Before we were even called a race, we were tribes and families or civilizations. The Egyptian civilization, the Kushite civilization, the Nubian civilization, you know. So it's not really a race thing. It's more of a people, tribe, community civilization type of movement. 
And that's what we need to get to. However, we're just fighting against ourselves as well because we got those who want to do and those who refuse to do. That's right. So you got that. And Roland Martin, real quick, you know, nobody's going to come out and help Roland Martin because these gay organizations are meant to emasculate black men and force you to bow to their standards. Mm-hmm. And if you are heterosexual, you are an enemy, and there's something wrong with you because you're supposed to be homosexual. That's what that means. That's what you're seeing with Roland Martin. I'm seeing. I agree with the same thing. I, and we thank you for your call, man. We're gonna bring this thank next you, caller in. Now, one yes, thing that what the brother was saying, um, there was a comment out here on on the radio dealing with the whole Roland Martin thing. They were saying one one gay gentleman made a statement saying that uh, just let all the let all the heterosexual be as they be. They'll die out soon. I'm like, that is an oxymoron to even say. How are we going to die? We make babies. Let's bring in this next call. Caller, you're live on the Middleman Talk Show. What's up? I don't know if that's me or not. That's you. I'm going to ask. All right, that's you. Good. Uh, you know, I, I'm hearing these, uh, these collective solutions for almost everything. And I understand that progress is made through individuals coming together in voluntary association to fix whatever problems that they have identified and can pose a solution for in that form of collective. Uh-huh. But it seems as if whenever I hear people speaking about this in regard to the black community, in regard, I almost hear a, a messianic call, an impulse to messianism, which seems to imply we need to have a Moses. And, uh, you know, the United States is, is a living example of the proposition that, you know, you dissent essentially from the collective since colonial days. The Judeo-Christian heritage in America's met pretty much unequivocally recognizing the individual. The individual comes together in voluntary association with others, not an enforced collective. Right. That's not, that's not what this country is based on. And if you do, you're going to go wrong. I think to some extent, it's what's gone wrong in the black community ever since we eschewed much of what Booker T. Washington told us to do, which was to prepare ourselves for opportunities. Yes, I understand why you could have a problem with some aspects of his message, but we've almost completely given over to the W.E.B. Du Boisian notion of political collective action. That's the most important thing, which it isn't anymore. Mm-hmm. So, so It just isn't. Well, then what, then what would it be then? It's to be ready, to get ready, to take care of what you've got to do to further your opportunities, to be prepared, even, even if you're talking about nation building. Mm-hmm. And you realize the immensity of of diverse skills required to nation build. I'm sure you exactly. Know I, I agree. I agree with that statement. They got to be individual. They can't be collective. Well, it still takes a collective effort to make certain things happen, though. When you agree, brother. But if you don't have yes. the individual mindset to stand I know, up, I know what he means. I know what he means. And work together. Right. right. I, yeah. But it's individuals being prepared, even in. Communist exactly. Russia, they already had a nation upon which they built it from. So, yeah, they messed it up in many ways worse than it was before, but they already had millions of people who had the necessary skills for nation building that they could start with. You talk talking about from scratch, you better come up with a whole bunch of individually prepared individuals. Not a collective, because a collective ain't going to build a nation. It's going to be individuals coming together collectively. I can agree, but I somewhat disagree. I agree, but I just kind of I agree. I know what you mean. I know exactly what you mean, but I know collectively, you know, like even with a fist, I could poke you out with a with a finger, but with a fist, I can knock your head off. All right, okay, but but 
But look, see, one reason why we're lamenting this failure, this collective ideal, this collective bow ideal, because that's not what the United States is founded on. It's founded on collectivism and such. Well, it I is. The United States wasn't founded on that, but our communities need to be communities. And I understand in that community first, you do have individuals. But the first communal experiments in this country were dismal failures. The people almost starved because they were hooked on this communalism. Not communities, but communalism. It mm-hmm. almost caused them to starve that. It wasn't until they could let people work their own land and keep the surplus to sell and trade with others and with the Indians that they started to prosper. Mm. I mean, the it's, Indians, it's so fact, look at Governor Bradford's reports and discussions like he said, we almost starved the first year. Then we got away from that and told people, okay, you, you're free to keep most of the fruits of your labor to do with as you wish. That's when they started to prosper. <laughs> well, Alan, that's true. Oh, man. I understand the impulse to collectivism because, you know, I mean, it sounds like a quick and easy way out. But it is. Not, not necessarily because it even destroys in that even with everybody working together, you're still going to have individuals that's not going to do what they need to do. We understand that. If everybody collect, if, in, if each individual had a part to play in the collective, then it would make more sense for everybody to say, okay, each individual helped build everything. But a lot of times that collective is not going to do right because of certain individuals. Okay, but see, that's the beauty of, the, that's the beauty of individual enterprise and free market cooperatives because you're going to fail. They will fall by the wayside. They will not be around. And the ones that will stay are the ones who have figured out the best ways to, to prosper. It doesn't subsidize failure like Obama's government motors. Mm-hmm. Government, I mean, Ford is doing okay and doing quite well. Government motors are still trying to force the Chevy Volt on us, despite the fact they're catching fire and burning up and nobody wants to buy them. Why? Because normally if it was like Ford with the Edsel, they just drop the damn thing and be through with it. But because the government's subsidizing it, nobody's got to worry about failing. They just keep trying to push it off on us whether the public wants it or not. With free market enterprise, failures are allowed to fail. They go by the wayside. If you've got something that makes people want and they want to be involved in, it will succeed. Well, when it, it comes to business, when it comes to business, I can, I can respect your opinion on that. But when it comes to a community of people, sometimes we can't afford to let our children fail. You're right, Kev, but I think what he's trying to get to the point I know of what he's is saying. it's, it's I know an what individual saying. effort for a collective goal. It has to be I mean, it's amazing because if you look goal. at the nation of Islam, for the longest time, the nation of Islam was all for free market capitalism to the extent they can make it work. I mean, them guys out there pushing in bean pies, man, that's entrepreneurship. Exactly. And real conservative values. Well... Okay. I see nobody else has an opinion on it. They just agree with you, but I mean, I can respectfully I mean, I, I, agree hey. to disagree with some of the things you're saying. Some of the things I do agree with, just my opinion. I mean, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm just quiet on this one. Well, well look, here's what I'm saying. That's, that's what I'm trying to make the point here. Look, much of what we have to complain about the United States in its past history. And I, I'm a historian. I love history. I read Black history all. Day. I got. 800 books in my collection, about 250 of them about black history. Much of our past grievances are legitimate, that we have to argue about the system, what it did in its form of its repression, 
and it's, uh, 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 it's atrocities committed against black people is indisputable. It is a fact that cannot be argued. However, that's not what the cause of our contemporary anguish is, I don't think. Not our contemporary anguish. We have not taken advantage of the opportunity this country has to offer. You think? This is not now. Despite the fact we have infinitely more opportunity to do so now than ever. Look at the movie of Tuskegee Airmen. These men were prepared to take advantage of the opportunity when it came up, and they did so. Look at what, what you're you right. Look at that movie. When, when, when um, what's his name, the guy who did Star Wars, when he went to... They did not produce this movie. They did not produce that movie. Hi, because he, he had a Star Wars money, he was able to to produce that movie. Not many black people have that kind of money just to just to do what they want to do. Well, you can't look at massive collective uh, to say that because people don't have the money to budget a multi-million dollar movie, they don't have the opportunity for something on a much smaller scale, which can also lead to greater things. After all, a lot of uh, mighty oaks out of small acorns grow. I mean, this country is, look, and we say nothing of getting, and again, collective effort and voluntary association with people who you can get to agree with, who you can trust to work as hard as you're willing to work, to put skin in the game of their own. You get together with them, and y'all get together, and you make something work. And it's I think trust is probably one of the bigger issues in that. And that's something that we're going to have to definitely get into into our next show. We definitely appreciate the call. We're at the end of the show. We want to go ahead and we thank everybody for calling in today. Wow, this was man. This was yeah, like strong on the anniversary. Oh yeah, yeah. very enlightening. We got to do something else. We have to do a second part to this show. We definitely got to do a second part to this show. Definitely. Hey man, give a shout out to everybody over on the chat board. Black man thirty seven, brotherhood, black brotherhood. Um, all the guests that were popping in and out, international booby. Black Awareness, Sarge, Live and Dirty Radio. Yes, everybody that tuned in tonight, we do appreciate you. I, I hope uh, that this conversation will stim, stimulate more conversations amongst you and your peers. Um, and the show was titled "Our Black People Cowards." Uh, some of the things you know that we talked about were, you know, somewhat exciting to some people. But hey, me personally, some things in our communities. Uh, we need to step up. We just need to get it done. That's just my opinion. Yep. Go ahead, Al. So we just need to be, you know, um, more more solution focused. I think we, you know, we had some good um, some good suggestions and some good solutions that came through this show. We analyzed a lot of things that, you know, we you know we wanted to talk about on this particular show. We had some great great um, great opinions from our callers that called into the show as well. Definitely. You all can definitely go back and listen to the archive of this particular show. Make sure you click on All Black People Cowards to uh, re-listen to the show. If you tuned in a little late, please go back and listen to the show from the beginning. You know, this this show is pretty good today. Thanks all our listeners. Very, very good. Yeah. Oh, man. I, I enjoyed this web chat. I'm going to have to save this web chat over here to all the people that's just tuning in. Make sure you always go to our web chat. Check it out. I'm going to have to save this one, y'all. I'm going to have to go back and read a lot of this because it was pretty heated over here. Missed a lot oh, of conversations yeah. over there. Um, we would like to make... Negro pleases and... Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and uh, man, this coming up Thursday, what do we have coming up this Thursday, uh, Nick? This coming Thursday, uh, this in light of uh, recent events, like, 
we talked about it a little bit earlier. But in less than a month, we've lost three of the most important figures in black music, and this is the kickoff of Black History Month. So this coming Thursday on Talk of the Town, we're going to do a special dedication, a special dedication to some of the unsung heroes of black history in music, in medicine, and everything. We're going to really dwell into this because we've got to know we're losing a lot of our legends, not just on the entertainment front, but just in general. And I know Talk of the Town is an entertainment show, but this is the message that needs to get out. So this coming Thursday on Talk of the Town with Nick Eden, we will be discussing the unsung heroes of black history. Mm-hmm. Once again, we would like to thank everybody for tuning in. Make sure you tell a friend to tell a friend. Tune in with us every Sunday, 6 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Eastern. Uh, just always go back, like Al said, go back, listen to our archives. Hopefully, uh, if you're hearing the show that you like prior to this one, hit us up at wearethemiddlemen at gmail.com. That's correct spelling all the way through. We are T-H-E, middlemen at gmail.com. Make sure y'all... Get at us on anything else. Robert Grammer. Yes. And yes. make sure y'all tune in next next Sunday. We have a great show planned next Sunday. The title of this particular show is called Woman, the Builder, or the Destroyer. Richard would love that. Y'all with that. Richard would love that. Richard would love that. Hello. Mr. Solution. Richard would love Mr. Solution. I'm sorry. He would love that. It's not down in the sister. It's not down in the sisters at all. Make sure y'all tune in. If you know a strong sister... Tell her to tune in. She's probably going to agree with us. Yeah, and, and probably tune in because I probably need some reinforcement. No, it ain't going down. No, right. yeah, I You know what? Well, hey, man, we got a best of talk of the town this week. Nick, is it okay if we play one of the best of this week for you, man? Yeah, man, yeah. This is one of my favorite ones. One of my favorite talk of the town. Hey, after you listen to it, you'll know why. Talk of the town with Nick Eaton. Best of, baby. What's up, world? This is your man, Nick Eaton, and I am here with the talk of the town. R&B singer Life Jennings was sentenced to three and a half years behind bars this week in an Atlanta court for a 2008 indictment. Nigga, is you crazy? Booked at Cobb County Jail, the singer was charged with DUI test refusal, criminal trespassing, discharging a weapon near a street, possession of a firearm by a convicted felon, and fleeing or attempting to elude a police officer. This all stemming from an incident involving the mother of his children back in 2008. He was immediately sent to jail. Bishop Eddie Long. Hey boy, you look mighty cute in them jeans. The famous preacher has come under fire this week for allegedly coercing four young males into a sexual relationship under the guise of spiritual leadership. Hundreds of people waited outside the Georgia preacher's megachurch this Sunday anticipating his arrival so that he could address the allegation. He's here, yes, yes, it's, it's him, yes, it's him. Bishop Long took the stage, and without directly denying the allegations, he did state, I am not a perfect man, but this thing I am going to fight. Some of the people waiting outside gathered together and began to sing several songs. Well, there once were two cowboys all alone out on the trail. And they discovered they could sleep with another male. Now they're having butt sex. Cowboy butt sex. Shadow man. Come on, everybody. Shadow man. Shadow man. This is your man, Nick Eden, and this is the Talk of the Town.
That's one of my favorites right there. That's, yeah, that's one of my favorites. Pretty horrible. Yes. Hey, man, we got a strongly worded letter from Glad this week. <laughs> I wish they would. What? I wish they would. Please, if you don't have any representatives of Glad, tell them to call in. See if they can get us shut down. Make us come in there and sit down and apologize to them. It ain't going to happen. Hey, man, I don't got a, a, a note passed to me talking about staff meeting after the show, and he's sitting right from me. He's like, what? What's up with y'all in these memos, man? <laughs> mm. Man, let's take it out, man. Just saying. Mm. Well, one up, one down. Jen, we appreciate you for coming back. Three years, y'all. Anniversary. I know. Anniversary. Yes. Duh. Winning. Yes. Four down, y'all. 2012. The middle man shouted. Big Chris shouted. Nah, I ain't sure what you was tuning in to. We'll pay attention to the real talk. What we here for. Go take a listen time. I take a minute. Shout in and learn some. Put your mind to grind the world. You destined to earn some. Linda, yeah. Comment on what you hear. Let's figure out this master plan and put this thing in gear. Don't matter if you hood or you corporate. Don't get you got a wheel to do way better than you were doing. Well, then you fortunate. Take a stand. Stop complaining about what you ain't got. Hating on the next man because he was dying to wreck. Shop. Every Sunday tune in, go live, 6 p.m. Blog Talk, Radio.com, the middle me. Hey, what's happening, the middle me? Hey, what's happening, the middle me? Hey, what's happening, Blog Talk, Radio.com, the middle me? Yeah, this your boy Southside checking in with the Middleman Talk Show. And you already know, if you ain't connected through the middleman, you ain't connected at all. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.